Welcome to Sex Tech Talk, where we talk about sex, technology, and the ever-growing sex tech industry. I'm your host, Michelle, and welcome to the podcast. All right. Hello, everybody. This is Sex Tech Talk, and I am Michelle. And today we have Suki Dunham with us. Hello, Suki. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. Okay, so did I pronounce your name correctly? Yes, Suki. You got it. Suki. All right. Awesome. All right. So today we are going to talk about Oh My Bod, which is Suki's company. So I want to start out by having you tell us just a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your company. Okay. So, um, we, Oh My Bod, uh, have been around since 2006. That's when we launched. Um, and uh, I must say that when uh, we were thinking about uh, launching this company, if you would have asked me whether I would do this, you know, 25 years before, would you be running a, uh, a sex tech company? Um, my answer would have been, of course not, or what are you talking about? I don't know anything about that industry. Um, so it's kind of funny to now be here, you know, 16 years later and um, be talking about a space where I've seen a ton of change. Um, so I feel very fortunate to have um, been a part of this industry now for as long as we have been. Um, I actually, like I had mentioned, didn't come from this industry at all. A lot of times, um, pleasure products companies, sex toy companies were born out of kind of the, the porn industry um, mm -hmm. in the early days. And um, this industry was not something I knew anything about. We, I actually uh, came to uh, found this company or founded this company with my husband, Brian, and we both came from kind of the uh, the tech arena. So I was in worldwide product marketing at Apple for almost a decade and kind of uh, my passion for tech and then kind of uh, adding in the sex part of it uh, came about really um, out of just happenstance, I would say. Uh -huh. Um, my, my husband and I, uh, were living in the Bay area and we had two small kids at the time. And, uh, we decided after nine 11 that we would move back East and kind of, um, anchor and adjust, you know, I think same thing has happened obviously during COVID people look at their lives and have said, okay, what, what do I want my world to look like? What do I want? my day-to-day -day world to be like and so um that same thing happened to us during um the the 9-11 era and so we uh picked up everything and and moved our family back east so we could be closer to family and uh, be able to spend more time with our kids and um in doing that eventually um our kids got old enough that they were in uh school all day and it's like okay what am i going to do next what's my next move i was fortunate enough to be able to stay home with them for um until they reach school age and we're obviously um in school full time and then it's like okay 
what's my next career move? And it was funny because at the time, my husband was traveling a lot. He had a, still had a corporate job and he was traveling a lot and he bought me my first vibrator That's and so an cool. iPod. My husband bought you your first vibrator. I love that so much. Yeah. And, uh, and it was interesting because he also had never had the experience of going shopping really for a vibrator. He went with um, some friends of ours in San Francisco and um, yeah, made his first, his way into good vibrations, which is a, a great retail partner of, of Oh My Bot and has been for a long time. And uh, anyway, he headed into good vibrations and bought me my first vibrator. And what I found was, was that I started listening to my music on my iPod and using my vibrator together. He was traveling at the time. I was by myself. I was really on, on uh, mom duty uh, all the time by myself. And so once they were asleep at night or, uh, you know, I'd put them down for the evening. It was how, okay, how do I get sexy from here myself? Where, how do I get my self out of kind of mom mode and put myself into a sexier place? And music was that transportation for me. It brought me to a different place. And so that's kind of how the idea of Oh My Bod and our music driven vibrator came about. I love that so much. And I think especially for women, like mentally, we got to get in a good headspace sometimes, you know, like before we feel sexy. And, you know, we do so much during the day. You know, we're taking care of kids. We're working. We're cleaning the house. We're doing all this stuff, you know. And then it's like it's kind of hard to just immediately turn into sexy mode, you know, sexy time mode. And so I love that you use music as a way to kind of like wind down and kind of like change that atmosphere for yourself. For sure. And, you know, the analogy that I give to people and I feel like this helps them cement the why behind listening to your music and using a vibe is like when you are in the car and well, let's say you've left your office, you've had a horrible day at work and you get in your car and your favorite song comes on, it totally changes your mental state it totally changes you you know how you're feeling and um and so it was interesting to then say okay we want to create uh the first music driven vibrator our first vibrator was called oh my bod and it connected to an ipod and it vibrated to the music that you were listening to and once you really describe the idea of this to somebody and they really think about their music and it vibing to the music they really start to kind of internalize what the experience might be like and it's it's really fun yeah that is so fun i love that so much okay now i have to try this okay so i'm going to be ordering <laughs> this call <laughs> because this sounds amazing i love it so well i'm sure i i might know somebody that can hook you up with with something that you can try out <laughs> that would be so cool yes i'd love that so tell me a little bit about like how the product development went. So how did you like, okay, so you had this idea and you got your first vibrator. So what did you do after that? Um, well, after that, we started to just really talk about what, what it might, how it might work. So that was kind of the first thing. And then um, 
this is where my husband kind of comes in. So we've been business partners in this business for, like I said, 16 years now. And uh, at the time uh, in his corporate role, he had a ton of experience in supply chain and also in um, working and dealing with uh, manufacturing in China. Um, and so he knew what good factories looked like. He knew what good quality factories looked like. And so he went on the hunt to find a factory that could help us develop our first kind of pre-production samples. So we could see if this particular thing could actually work. Could we make it work? Um, and so that's where he came in and kind of um, started the process of just getting um, a prototype going. And um, we were really lucky in kind of what happened next. Um, so we, he found a great factory and uh, worked with their engineers to help us create this product. My husband isn't an engineer by trade by any means, but I guess he should have been. Um, he's he's an excellent problem solver, um, excellent at saying, okay, well, that isn't working. Have you tried this? And then we try that and, you know, it works. So um, he's got a really great mind for that. Um, I guess that's why we've been uh, a pretty strong team. We're, we're actually uh, college sweethearts and have been together um, both professionally now and then um, personally for um, 35 plus years. So that is really so long time. Cool. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really funny. So he, um, we got our first production samples. I will tell you it's, it's funny when you design a product because the first versions of it in terms of how they look aesthetically can be pretty ugly, right? Because you're just trying to figure out the functionality and can you get the functionality to work? So it was really funny. I think um, the company that was doing our pre-production samples just grabbed kind of any housing that they had. And if I remember correctly, it was kind of like tiger stripes on this like plastic vibrator. Um, and it had this this wire, this kind of coiled wire, kind of like that on an old um, telephone, not oh. quite that big, but kind of looking like that, not yeah. not big like that, but but uh, to like create the connection to the to the iPod, it was pretty funny, um, but it worked. So I'm just imagining like the old style, like, you know, 80s and 90s, like wraparound cord. And <laughs> yes, I wish we I, I don't think we still we, we've kept a lot of kind of I would call it. Um, oh, my God, historical uh, paraphernalia. But I don't think we have the original pre-production sample any longer. But it was it was pretty funny. It's definitely clear in my mind what it looked like. Yeah. So, yeah, so what fun. Yeah. What is it like working with your husband all the time? So does he have another job still? Or are you guys like full time together on this team? How does it work? Um, he was uh, he's we've been full time together as a team on this um, since basically 15 years now. He had one year where we were uh, just launching uh, the company and uh, he was still working his 
full-time kind of corporate gig and, and doing it on the side. And I was working at it more or less full-time, but we've both been full-time at it. Um, yeah. For a very long time now. That's so cool. Yeah. Cause my husband and I have worked on a couple different projects and things together. And I've always wondered like, if we went full-time on something, like, what would it be like? Like, you know, do you have a lot of conflict or is it pretty smooth sailing? How does it go? Um, that's funny. He and I are very, very different people, which is what I also would say is I can attribute to our success. Um, we both have very different skill sets that we bring to the table. Um, so I think that's helped to, to make Oh My Bot a successful company. Um, but it is hard. <laughs> it's, it's, it's always challenging. You know, we have, we come at, um, ideas from different places, which again, in the end, it's like, um, you know, what they say that that saying about making, you know, making sausage isn't pretty, but <laughs> it, it tastes good in the end. It's kind of like making sausage sometimes. Um, although we, we've learned a lot of, of great, um, rules to live by, I would say, as you run a company together. One of those being, you know, we never talk about work uh, after about seven or eight o'clock at night. Um, so we try to to keep it out of our kind of personal time together, kind of segment it. Um, we also have learned that when, and this is really for any, I guess, uh, entrepreneur and, and, and company, and even not for just necessarily couples, but anybody in a leadership role in a company is that we've figured out where, um, where the lines are drawn in terms of each of our responsibilities mm -hmm. and our decision-making. So there are decisions that I own and decisions that Brian owns. And then there were only a few of overlapping decisions that require um, agreement. So there's alignment and agreement, and there's only a few agreement decisions and everything else is an alignment decision. So if I own, for instance, um, marketing, then I'm ultimately gonna make the decision on how a packaging looks. He may provide me with input or input on a marketing campaign, but ultimately he'll align to whatever my decision making is and vice versa as it relates to, for instance, our app development, which he leads all the projects related to app development. Yeah, I think that's a great way because you would have to organize it. Otherwise, you'd just be like spending so much time consulting each other on every detail. And that would probably drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was hard. I think that's what we did at the beginning. I can remember our very first Oh My Bod packaging and literally having conversations about where the brand logo was going to sit on the box. And you can't get very far um, and accomplish very much if every decision around everything is that, um, you know, if you, you have to have both people agree on it. So. Yeah, totally. So you've been in the sex tech industry for quite a while now. So tell me, what do you like and dislike about being in this industry? There's a lot of things that I like about it. Um, one of the things that I like most about it when we first joined it was a sense of community. Um, even with 
your competition. So uh, some of our, our best friends in the industry when we first started were people that were also making vibrators. So they're technically um, obviously our competition, but I feel like this industry, um, because we've had so many challenges as an industry from society and um, even just trying to conduct the business in general that, um, you know, everybody is, is pretty supportive of one another, right? It's, it's, I use this term a lot or this saying a lot, but the rising tide floats all boats is kind of, I think, something that's a bit of a mantra for this industry. Very different from the tech industry that I came from, right? I mean, Apple and Google at the time kind of um, supporting one another, right? Or Apple and Microsoft is not something that <laughs> you would ever see. Right. Um, in that time, right? Everybody was very, very competitive and held their cards close and everything like that. Whereas in this industry, I think people try to help each other out, um, even if you fall kind of into the same category. Yeah. So. And that's something I've noticed. Like I've only like, I've been around this industry just for a few months, like, you know, a few mm -hmm. months ago I was looking for work and I saw the term sex tech and I was like, Oh, I've never heard that term before. Like, what is this? And then I found all these other people who were interested as well. And we were like, okay, like, let's learn more. Like let's, I'm going to start a podcast cause I'm going to start talking to people and just learn more about it. But every person I've talked to in this industry is just so cool. Like everybody is just mm -hmm. like very welcoming, willing to help, you know, and like, it's just amazing. Like the, I guess this is a pun, the vibe, you know, from this industry is <laughs> like, <laughs> is like really positive and really like welcoming. And so that's the first thing I've noticed. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really, I really love that. Um, there isn't much that I don't like about this industry, to be honest. I guess uh, the only thing that I don't like, and it's not our fault, but it's, you know, been uh, a struggle as it relates to really helping people understand that um, that this is a, a real business, right? I think that as as business owners in the pleasure products industry, sometimes we get looked down upon if you were to put us in a room with say somebody who owns a ski company and somebody who owns a i don't know a, a juicer company or whatever we we kind of are sometimes considered second class business citizens if you will yeah. um and i i kind of find that funny because we actually have many more challenges or 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 hurdles that we have to in hoops we have to jump through compared to your juicer company as an example right your juicer company can advertise on facebook your juicer company can advertise basically anywhere they want um and we have all these restrictions uh and also societal um preconceptions about who these businesses are and what these products are and um, we've had to navigate that along with, uh, you know, obviously funding from banks. I mean, all those different things that um, I will say in quotes, a regular company um, doesn't have to work, work against or, or work around.
Yeah, exactly. Like there are so many barriers just like to get people to see your products, you know, like you can't hop on QVC, like the juicer, you know, like it's just, you know, that day hasn't come yet. So it's, you know, if anything, you know, the entrepreneurs in this industry, like have to have like extra goal, extra, like go for it because you just have so many things you have to overcome. For sure that that is definitely true and i i don't think that um the other or let's say the regular business community kind of understands that i think they think oh sex toys it's just fun you know whatever but this is you know it's serious business it's people's health um it's tied to uh i think people once they really you start talking about it with them they're just they can't believe it that they uh, i guess that they themselves hadn't really given it much thought about how important it is you know whether it's um the fact that it it creates a healthy human you know experience and um i've read all kinds of of articles around how obviously your sexual wellness is tied to your longevity right there's a lot of articles being written about living a healthy long life and and sex uh, is part of that. And uh, the people that um, like pay attention to that or live a life like that, you know, end up living longer and happier lives. Yeah, and I'm glad we're finally getting to a point where we're talking about that more openly. You know, like if you would have said to me like five or six years ago that like I was gonna have all of these people on LinkedIn that are my contacts and we're talking about sex all the time, I would have been like, what are you talking about? You know, but I think, you know, over the last few years, there's really been more people that are getting into like, let's talk about this. Like there's no shame about it. Like sexual wellness is wellness. It is your health. Like let's all, you know, like kind of let's join together and not be embarrassed about this anymore. Like we need to get this information out there. Right. Exactly. And, and then of course you have the, the, the idea of women really also owning their own pleasure, um, you know, and that's come about, obviously, I would say, um, well, I mean, obviously there's been women's lib and, and uh, a revolution around sex for quite a while, but I feel like we're going through another stage of that um i have a daughter who's 21 years old and i definitely feel like um not just because she's my daughter but in general like her generation is really owning their sexuality really owning um the idea of their own pleasure and and like you said that the idea of being shamed for wanting to be a sexual being is is really just um you know slowly fading away yeah it is and i think too with the rise of social media and like even though there's so much censorship a lot does get through you know and if you are following you know certain accounts like your your social media feed will be full of sexual positivity you know like you know on my sex tech talk instagram like i follow you know tons of people in the 
sexual wellness industry. And like, I get on there and like, my day is just filled with fun, shame-free, sex-positive stuff all on Instagram, everything that makes its way through the censorship, you know? And so I mm -hmm. think the rise of social media, like, and this next generation coming out, like, it's just, it, it's doing a lot of good. It's really helping. Yeah, and I and I I do also give a shout out to, um, you know, celebrities and other people with with large microphones, really talking about and touting the idea uh, that sexual wellness is a part of wellness. Um, you know, again, if I think about it. Uh, think about somebody like Gwyneth Paltrow. I mean, she's obviously creating her own vibrator so that, you know, she's essentially in quotes, uh, competition to Oh My Bod. But at the same time, I have great respect because she's giving people uh, the ability to not be ashamed. And um, it's almost like giving people permission, you know, to. Right. Uh, feel comfortable in their own skin and there have been a lot of people that you know that's been their their passion and their work for a very long time but as um, let's say influencers and uh, celebrities and people in pop culture embrace this it gives um, you know society the permission to embrace it too the, the you know the the main the mainstream world, I guess. Yeah, totally. I agree too, because, you know, once you feel comfortable and confident, you know, it just takes one person in your friend group, you know, to be like, I got this new vibrator and it's so cool. And to start talking about it, you know, and then your other friends mm -hmm. are going to be like, oh, you use a vibrator? You know, like when I was in, you know, high school and college, like, you know, like girls didn't talk about sex and self-pleasure, you know, like, you know, and it's odd because sometimes we would talk about sex. Actually, I take that back. We would talk about sex a lot, but we never talked about self-pleasure. So we would mm -hmm. talk about guys we hooked up with and what was going on that weekend and all that stuff, you know, but we never talked about having vibrators or self-pleasure or masturbating or any of that kind of stuff because we were just kind of taught that like, ew, like only boys do that. Like, you know, it was kind of like this thing mm -hmm. that was like gross. It wasn't accepted, you know? And so really all it takes is one person to like, you know, kind of stand out in that group of friends and be like, Oh, I got this and I do this. And then like the other friends kind of chill out and they're like, Oh yeah, me too. Like, you know, and it's just, you know, it starts a whole new wave of acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's essentially how it happens. And it's very interesting to me, you know, um, when people will ask me what I do and, and I tell them, and then the conversations that you have after that are just unbelievable. Like people really are interested in talking about it. And once they know that the person that they're talking to is, there's going to be no judgment there or no shame there. People are just dying to have like honest conversations about self-pleasure and they really want to learn more and understand it if they already aren't you know necessarily comfortable with it or or know about it or whatever so um yeah it's fascinating 
Yeah, it's just so cool. And I mean, this is just like the coolest industry to be in. Like, it's so fun to talk about. And you're right. Once you tell people like what you do, like they're like, oh, my gosh, I love to talk about this or that, you know, and you have like really, really interesting conversations once you break down that barrier of like, you know, I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to judge you. I love this information, too. And it's it's really fun to have those talks. Yes. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you too, you know, talking about, you had mentioned your daughter. So how do your kids feel about what you do for work? <laughs> um, well, we're, we're pretty, um, what do I want to say? Popular <laughs> uh, with, with our kids and their friends. Um, you know, when our, a lot of people will ask me, especially when my kids were smaller, what do you tell your kids? What do you tell your kids you do? And I always told people, I, if you think about an actor, for instance, who is performing in R-rated movies, right? Mm -hmm. They are not going to allow their child who's eight or 10 or 12 they're not going to allow them to watch that film, right? Because it's not age appropriate. And so the same was true for us when we first started our business and our kids were small. It, they, it wasn't age appropriate to share yet what we did with them because they weren't, weren't going to be able to really truly understand it. Mm -hmm. um, we always talked openly and honestly about sex and answered questions. So they're, could be an understanding there. And then basically once our kids hit um, kind of puberty and the idea of masturbation would be understandable, um, then we started to talk to our kids about um, self-pleasure and the products that we make and that sort of thing. So that kind of happened when they were in their uh, you know, early teen, like, well, I would say 11, 12, um, time period, 13. Um, and before that we told them that we made, um, iPod accessories because that was true. Was it totally <laughs> true. <laughs> it was totally true. And uh, it it wasn't a lie, and it worked out pretty well. But it was really hilarious because we also said, you know, we were entrepreneurs and inventors. And so my son was in fifth grade, and um, I got this invite from the teacher to talk about entrepreneurship to the fifth grade class. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? So. I created this PowerPoint presentation really more or less about entrepreneurship and invention than, than anything. And, uh, I think I, I talked so far over their heads, there were no questions, which was my, <laughs> which was my intent. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. And then it was anybody like, and what's your company name? Like, <laughs> No, I lucked out. I think I maybe bored them to death. I think that, that worked out really well for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. <laughs> but that's kind of the thing, you know, when you work in this industry and you have small kids, you know, like you just, you know, you have to have certain boundaries. And, you know, one thing that I've come into, you know, cause my, I have two daughters, uh, my little ones are eight and five. And then I have a son that's 22. 
And so like with my eight year old, she loves to take my phone and like use it for TikTok and whatever, you know, all the fun games she plays and stuff. And then she'll like do a video and then she'll go back through my camera roll. And like when I post on social media, I post a lot about body positivity, you know, so there's, you know, people in lingerie and stuff. And she's like, mom, she's like, why do you have all these pictures on your phone? And I'm and I'm just like, that's part of what I do for work. It's body positivity, you know? And and she's just, I'm like, you know, eventually you have to get your own phone, you know? And then like we have the, <laughs> we have the same thing because like her iPad is connected to my Apple account. And so then all my pictures go into her Apple, you know, onto her iPad and, and vice versa, which is good too, because I can always see what she's doing, you know? But then she can always see what I'm doing. And so it's just like, you know, we have to make sure that like there's boundaries with what I'm posting and saving on my phone and all all that too but it's just kind of one of those things you get the challenges you overcome and you know the same thing we were definitely a sex positive household but my eight-year-old gets a little like cringy she's like mom like i don't really want to like talk about sex stuff and you know and i'm mm -hmm. like <laughs> and i'm like oh, that's totally understandable i get it you know i'm like you know if you have questions and stuff you know you can always talk to me and that's kind of the challenge with kids and now I have to ask you, what are your best tips for storing your toys, like your sex toys, when you have kids in the house? Like, this is always something I've had an issue with because mm -hmm. my kids are nosy. So do you have any tips? Huh. Um, it's funny. There was a, a woman a while back. I don't think the company exists anymore, but it was pretty clever. She created kind of what looked like a jewelry box. But um, it actually had kind of a, a faux top to it. So when you lift it up, you could have, it looked like I put my jewelry in there, but then oh. it had this little lock that you would use with a, a magnet to unlock it. And then you could put all your toys underneath there. And I have this funny story because my daughter, uh, pretty much like yours, was, was very inquisitive. And uh, she... It was really funny because she noticed that this jewelry box, she's like, mom, it's so big, but it doesn't store it very much jewelry. And I just thought that was, I just smiled to myself when she said that to me because I was like, oh my goodness, you noticed that. <laughs> very perceptive. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, I've always just kept mine in a drawer next to my bed, which is, you know, what, what a lot of people do. Um, also, uh, you know, there are kind of um, like really cute little um, boxes, um, bedroom candy has one called hide and chic, and you can put products inside it, uh, inside this little like corset box, and there's a little lock on it so you can lock it up. Um, so, but I've heard so many funny kid vibrator stories, uh, a good friend of mine, um, she had hers in her drawer, but somehow of course her kids found them and they were literally fighting with them. Like they were swords. <laughs> um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, it happens. It happens. Yeah, I remember my son when he was probably like 11 or 12, he was like looking for batteries 
and he was going through my nightstand drawer and he found one of my vibrators and he was just like, he didn't say anything at the time. And then like a couple years later, he's like, mom, I, cause I don't know, somehow vibrators got brought up in a conversation and he's like, I remember being 11 or 12 and looking for batteries. And I was like, what is this? Why does my mom have this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they, they find it. And then you just have a conversation with them about it. I mean, you know, it was, funny um i've got a funny another funny kind of kid story um when our daughter was like 10 um my husband actually was having a conversation with her about the parts of the body all the he's explaining um basically all of the the anatomy the female anatomy and and how a baby gets created. I'm not sure why he was given that task or how he was given that task, <laughs> or maybe he just took it on. I can't remember, but anyway, he was talking to our daughter and he was talking to her about the fallopian tubes and the uterus. And then, you know, he was talking about the vulva and the clitoris. And so when he was done kind of bringing her through kind of the, the Google of, of uh, female anatomy and sex and that sort of thing, birds and the bees basics um he said do you have any questions for me and she said papa i have one question and he said well what is that and he she said well all the parts have certain things that they that they do what what's the clitoris for <laughs> and he said well you know if you you touch it it feels good and she kind of like looked at him and said yeah and he said that's what it's for and then he's like, okay, you want to go to lunch? And she's like, yeah, let's go to lunch. You know, that is so, so that cool though. Like he was so ahead of his time, like sex positive, talking to his daughter. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. Our kids are, yeah, they're, they've pretty much grown up in that kind of household. It's not like we like, you know, I think some people might think, oh, these guys, they, they make sex toys. There's probably sex toys laying all around their house every day and their kids are seeing this stuff when they're growing up. That's not the case at all. You know, it's no different than, you know, working for any company. You're sitting at your desk, you're doing your work um, and, you know, your kids really aren't a part of your work day in right. any way. And then, you know, and you know, that's, that's just how it is. You know, we make, we make sex toys. We could be easily making juicers. So right. no different. Yeah. That is so cool. So I wanted to ask you to, so I know we've been on for almost an hour. I can't believe it. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about some of the products that you have on your website. So you have a couple different categories of products, right? Yes. I mean, we have, uh, we have all different types of products, I guess. We have um, a line of products, uh, our Love Life collection, which is um, what I call uh, non-tech vibrators. So they are um, essentially uh, not controlled with an app or with your phone or anything, um, which is what we also have. So we have kind of tech-enabled and then I would say kind of more of your um, uh, a luxury vibrator category. Um, and yeah, so we all have a different offering, uh, for lots of different people. We have, um, anal toys, we have, um, penis rings for people with penises. So, um, yeah, 
all, all different types of products on our website. Yeah, that is so cool. And then because I was browsing your website before our call today, and I saw that you have like an accessibility friendly toy too. Yeah, I'm really proud of that product. So that's uh, Love Life Rev. It's part of our Love Life collection. And um, we launched it not that long ago, a couple of years ago. But what was interesting about the Love Life Rev is um, at that time, I kind of noticed that as an industry, we really were developing a lot of products, I would say, for um, people with all of their, um, let's say, capabilities as it relates to, um, say, their hands and their arms. And so um, I wanted to create a product where somebody that had dexterity issues really somebody that say had arthritis in their hands, thinking about an aging population could slip this product onto their finger. They wouldn't have to hold it in their hand um, and be able to use it. And so we did this really uh, cool project. We did a focus group down in a retirement community in Florida. Uh, we brought down some prototypes of the product kind of talked through it and got some feedback on its design um and with with an aging so a retired uh population and um so that product ended up having just one button so it has one big button so it's easy to turn off and on mm -hmm. and to control it's not fancy in terms of its it's a very simplistic um design um and also the user manual was uh, printed and larger typeface prints you don't have to put on your readers or squint to try to figure out how to use the product um, and then we also went as far as to get feedback on some marketing uh, around it and what people thought was appealing um, for imaging around this these products so it was really fun and I'm really proud of it it was kind of one of the first times I felt like uh, a company in our industry was creating something um, for for uh, a, a certain you know group of people. I mean, obviously, anybody can use Love Life Rev. It's a great finger vibe. It's really fun to use with a partner. Like um, if they're behind you and they have this vibe on their finger, they can. I call it the reach around vibe. Yeah. Um, it makes that very, very easy and very fun. And it's also great for oral play. Um, so if you want to have this vibrator in your fingers while you're, um, while you're having oral sex with somebody, it also can make that a really kind of little fun um, sensation to add to that part of play. So um, yeah, I really, really love that product. I'm, very proud of our tech enabled products. Obviously that's where we got our start. We have um, a bunch of different Bluetooth enabled vibrators on our website. So we have a line called Blue Motion and all of those are app controlled and we have all of these very fun features. We have a feature in the app called Tap where you can literally tap the screen, tap, 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 and the vibrator will buzz to that um kind of custom pattern that you've created on the fly yeah so that that's fun i always joke i think we're gonna bring morse code back <laughs> with that particular functionality 
Um, we also, of course, have incorporated what we're known for, which is music-driven vibration. So um, you can actually access your music library and listen to your playlists and the product will vibrate to the music wirelessly, um, which is fun. But of course, a lot of people don't have um, music on their phones anymore. So we've also integrated with Spotify. So you can use your Spotify playlists and vibrate to the music. Um, we also have a functionality that is unique to us uh, called Club Vibe. Um, and what Club Vibe does with your phone is it opens up the mic on your phone and will take in ambient sounds. So if you're at a club, at a concert, you're um, on your commute home from work, you are in your bedroom with your partner, um, it will take in ambient sound and vibrate. So if you're listening to music on the radio, if your partner plays the piano, it can drive the vibrator. So there's all these great, great fun ways um, to play it with Club Vibe functionality. That is so then if you're in the moment, you know, and you're with somebody and they've got the radio on and you want to include that, that's amazing. You don't have to go with something that's already like planned ahead, downloaded to your phone or whatever. I love that. Yeah, it's very spontaneous. Um, it's very discreet because obviously you're controlling it from your phone. So we have different, I'll say, form factors for the vibrators, the Bluetooth vibes. We have you know, a panty vibe. So you could do some public play if you wanted to, some secret, discreet public play. We also have um, a penis ring. So if you want to be um, jamming out to your kind of your sex playlist in your room, um, the vibe, the penis ring can be vibing out to that while you guys are, oh. you know, listening to your, yeah. So that, that was really fun. We also then have a G-Spot um, vibrator uh, that that also works with um, our app. So there's all different products to check out um, that work with our app. But I'm I'm really proud of our app. Um, we spent a lot of time on the UI, the user interface. Um, wanted to make it intuitive and fun and playful. Uh, you can actually um, send your partner uh, an O. Uh, message, uh, you know, if, if you're playing remotely, if you're, say, in California, and I'm in New York, you can send your partner a message saying, you know, thanks, let's do this again, or whatever fun message you want to type out um, that you've had an orgasm, and it kind of sends these little, um, oh, hearts kind of streaming up your your screen when you send that to your partner. Um, so yeah, it's pretty fun. And what a great way to stay connected, you know, because <clears throat> so many people have to travel for work or their partners live somewhere else or, you know, things happen. You can't be together. I love that. That's a great way to stay connected. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we've been doing app connected toys. Um, well, our very first app connected toy we launched in 2010, wow. which was a little bit ahead of its time. Um, and then, of course, when the pandemic happened, it gave people a new reason to explore what these app-connected toys were all about. And so it was really cool to be able to see the power of um, being able to be intimate remotely um, during a, a tough time. 
we've always had a lot of also support in um, in our connection to military customers. So if you imagine somebody's deployed and they want to stay connected to their partner, um, it's a great way for for people to stay intimately connected, which is an important part of any relationship. Of course, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's so cool. Yeah, it's 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 just like so amazing to get emails from customers um, and sharing the fact that our products have enhanced their their you know love lives. So it's it's pretty neat. Definitely. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the people, you know, like the people who are enjoying the products and it makes a difference for them. And like, I think that has to be one of the most rewarding parts of doing any type of work is like knowing that you made a positive difference in somebody's life. It's just a great feeling. It is. It is. We've had, there are just so many great, um, you know, feedback we've gotten from customers. One customer and this was very very early on when we first did our music driven vibrator um we had gotten an email from a couple who wrote to us and said hey we just want to thank you so much for creating this product um we spent the afternoon crafting our sexy playlist that we were going to use with your product and we feel like oh my god did its job before we even took it out of the box because we were being intimate and talking about sexy playlists and talking about how this might feel and all that good stuff so that that was that was pretty neat that is really cool yeah that's something i didn't even think about like the work that goes into you know things you can do before you even use it you know like before you use the toy like all the connection that can be made talking about it and doing things together and I love that. That's a great story. Uh, I met I met somebody just recently, and he's he's a DJ on the side, um, or he loves music. And when I was having a conversation with him, and then he, him realizing what we did, um, we were actually at this wedding together, and he kept saying to me, Suki. I bet you this song would be great. So it had his mind going <laughs> with yeah. all the music. He is a music lover and he's like, oh my God, this would be so cool. You know, so it was, it was fun. Which I was going to ask you, do you guys have like playlists on Spotify that people like if they don't have one already that they can go and find? Yes, we do. Actually, we did this fun uh, social media promotion where we were um, getting feedback from our um, from our followers on what they might think might be in a sexy playlist to them. And so we we created a bunch of them. So I believe if you search on Oh My Bod and Spotify, you should see some of our Oh My Bod um, created playlists. And I it am was user, user created. That's so cool. I'm doing that after we get off this call. I'm going to, I'm going to search and see that <laughs> afternoon playlist today because like, I think maybe I could think of like a few, like five songs off the top of my head maybe, but like, yeah, having that as a resource would be super cool. I'm definitely going to look that up. Well, the other thing too is, you know, music is so personal um, mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it, it's really what, what, you like you know i mean we can pull some put some really cool playlists together or you're like oh wow i didn't think about that song that's great but it also is a very personal kind of um process and thing i i had 
uh, one student reach out to me and she was working on a paper around, oh my God, um, I can't remember the premise of it, but she was basically testing out and using classical music, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. And you're right. You know, I didn't think about that, but it is so personal because everybody likes a different style. Everybody has different memories associated with different songs, you know. So what might be really sexy for one person might bring up a bad memory of an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend for somebody else, you know. So it is so personal. Yeah, yeah, it is. But that's also what makes the um makes the experience fun, that dual sensory experience of listening and feeling your music. You know, I had a playlist of all these kind of um, people that I thought had sexy voices or sexy songs, and that was really fun. Um, so you can, you know, you really can create whatever, whatever your, wherever your imagination takes you. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Now I'm so excited to try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to ask you one more thing before we go. I like to ask all my guests this. Do you have like a favorite sex tech resource or sexual wellness resource? Like, is there a book or a podcast or a blog or website, something that you really like to listen to or get information from? Um, I'm a big fan of O School. Oh, yes. yes. I think they do a great job. And um Another great resource, I think, is Kinkley. Um, Kinkley has been around for a long time. They basically got their start roughly when Omaibod did. And they also are a husband and wife team. Um, and, yeah, they, they've done a great job with um, information in, in the sexual wellness space in general. And you can find just about anything there. So. Very cool. Yeah, because I have a lot of people listening who, of course, are interested in sex tech and sexual wellness. And like, just for my own reference, too, I like to know, like, what what are other people getting inspiration from? So awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no problem. I know. Well, I feel like I could just talk to you for so much longer, but um, we've been on for like an <laughs> hour. So was there anything else you wanted to mention or talk about before we go? Um. Not really. I'm I'm excited to see what the the future brings and holds for this space. I think um, uh, we have uh, some very exciting things happening in Q1 of 2023. So keep your eyes posted for that. Yeah, uh, something that's going to be completely new and different to this industry, and uh, maybe we can uh, get together and talk about that when. Uh, when we're ready to launch this surprise to the world. Yes. Yes. I would love to have you back anytime you have like updates or something new and exciting, just send me a message and come back and talk about it. Cause I'd love to know what's going on. That's fantastic. Michelle, thanks so much for having me on. Have a wonderful holiday season Thank and you. hopefully I'll speak to you in 2023. Yes, definitely. Same to you. Thanks so much for your time and being with me today. Oh, you're welcome.